Welcome to Weekly Grooves. My name is Tim Houlihan. And I'm Kurt Nelson. Each week, Weekly Grooves picks a current article or news topic, and we explore it through a behavioral science lens. We dig in deep to help you understand the psychology behind the headline. Now, the specific topic that kicked us into this conversation is current, but the insights are timeless. Timeless and timely. This week, we were inspired by an article by Minda Zetlin on Inc.'s webpage titled, Need to Make a Difficult Decision Fast? Take 15 minutes and do this first. So the article outlined some tips on slowing down and taking a few specific steps prior to making a key decision. So, of course, we are going to look at these steps through a behavioral science lens and see if there is some research to back them up. So to move fast, we need to slow down? Well, that's the basic idea, yeah. Okay, Tim, where where do you want to start? Okay, the article talks about how leaders and people in general, particularly in this time of COVID, are dealing with having to make a lot of tough decisions. And this causes stress and can potentially lead to decisions that you regret later. So in the article, Minda suggests that people should take a 15-minute timeout prior to any significant decisions. And, And I quote, nearly all business decisions, even very pressing ones, can accommodate a 15-minute delay. It's not only a 15-minute timeout, but a timeout with some very specific steps. So step one, take a 30 to 60 seconds of and do some vigorous exercise. Step two, take some deep breaths. And step three, pause and process your decision. So let's take a look at each of those. So her first comment was about taking 30 to 60 seconds and doing some vigorous exercise. And she writes, that a little bit of exercise is enough to counteract the hormones that build up in your system when you're faced with a big stressor, and that few moments workout will satisfy your primal fight or flight urge. And kind of looking at some of the research on this, Tim, though, we found that it is kind of true, but not fully true. Yeah, that, that said, exercise does make you feel like you're doing something. Like there's a good psychological aspect to this, so it can kind of trick your brain. And it also takes the focus off the problem, which is good. It allows your unconscious a little bit of time to, to, to process it. Right. When you're doing vigorous exercise, your, your brain is focused in on that as opposed to focusing in on regurgitating that over and over in your head. However, the idea that the exercise in 30 or 60 seconds is enough to stop some of those hormones to release endorphins, which is what exercise can do, Mm -hmm. uh, probably isn't so fast. The research points out, most of the research points to the fact that to get those endorphins released, we really need to do a lot more exercise than 30 or 60 seconds. Most of the research looks about 20 to 30 minutes. Um, Some was saying you can get it with some really intensive workouts in five to 10 minutes, but In general, it's going to take a lot longer time than 30 to 60 seconds. However, that doesn't mean that exercise is a bad thing to do. As you said before, it tricks our brain into thinking, all right, we have something going here. Right. And by the way, regular exercise can can kind of help you overall with this. So it's it, as a keystone habit. You know, right. So. Because it releases those endorphins that are freely kind of going around in your body for a little while after that. So it helps you re- relieve that stress to begin with. 
Right, right. So the second thing that Minda talks about is to take some deep breaths. And she she wrote in the article, continue the process of reducing your own stress by taking a few slow, controlled breaths. Try counting as you go and making your exhalations slightly longer than your inhalations. Yeah. So that was that's and by the way, there's a lot of good research on this, right? Meditation is a great example where we have lots of good data that structured breathing can slow your your heart down, calms you down. Uh, Steve Curtis has talked about this on the behavioral grooves. Uh, so there is a there's a lot of evidence that that slowing down your heart rate, this diaphragmatic uh, breathing, actually can kind of hack that that fight or flight stress response, right? Right. And and it, and it can make it, it can actually improve the your uh, heart rate variance in a really positive way. Right. So take a moment and do some deep breaths. So this diaphragmic breathing basically is this idea of uh, breathing all the way down into your abdomen, so not up at your chest. So take a really slow abdominal breathing structure. Uh, hold it for a short count and then let it out really slow. And as Minda said, the exhale should be longer. So for instance, you could count on the intake to four or six, whatever that would be, hold that breath for another count of four or six, and then release it with a count of eight or 10. So that that release, the exhale is longer than the inhale. That can hack the vagus nerve, which I didn't know before doing some research on this, <laughs> so the nerve that is around your heart, and that helps in improving in, in uh, changing that heart rate. So that's that hack that happens. The, the vagus nerve isn't the one in uh, Nevada? <laughs> oh, good okay. Antoon. And okay. I had a I had a friend, uh, Michael Anshel, who Tim, you know, uh, and he used to use this uh, simple decision making rule. And he said he got it from an old Japanese saying or movie. Can't remember which it was, but it was this idea of taking seven breaths. And he said it was this idea of make a decision in seven breaths, not before or after. And so it was this concept of uh, taking seven breaths before making a decision and it helps to calm your mind and doing different things. So uh, it's something that I've used throughout the years and, and could play into what uh, Minda talk well, is talking here. I was going to say that totally gets back to what Minda was saying. Any decision can wait 15 seconds. Exactly. Any any decision can, can wait just a little bit. Okay, 15 we'll, minutes we'll, for Minda, 15 seconds oh, 15, for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, 15 minutes. Okay, what was, what was her third point? Kurt? So she was talking about pausing and processing. And she says, uh, she goes, look, you will have at least 10 minutes of your 15-minute timeout left. Take that time and do whatever will help you quickly process your options and then make a thoughtful choice. And so that, again, really good advice. The pausing and reflecting allows you to get into your system two thinking versus just a system one reaction. So you get, you're activating that prefrontal cortex. You're looking at things uh, with a different perspective. It's not under the stress of making the decision right away. You've, you've given yourself some breathing room, not just the breaths that you took before, but the the breathing room allowed you to think about this. Yeah. So just think about what happens in your brain when you know you have, let's say you're waiting in line for something and you know, you have 15 minutes to wait. You're not on all of a sudden you're not focused on getting to the end of the line. Now you're thinking, okay, I've got 15 minutes. What can I do? 
And our brain will instantly start filling in the time with other things. And this, by, by taking a pause, this is a very intentional way of allowing your brain to get filled with other things, the things that are more important. You could start doing the cost-benefit analysis, right? You could, you could leverage Annie Duke's fabulous thinking and bets model, where you start to, you, you could actually uh, uh, think about your decision more in terms of percentages rather than uh, just yes or no outcomes, right? probabilistic thinking on that part, right? You could do a pre-mortem. You could put into perspective, take a larger holistic view. You could as 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 Minda says, you know, call up somebody, get a second opinion, yeah, talk it yeah. out. Um, you know, do some quick research. You can hop on, you know, the Google and 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 do some quick research if you need to do that. But bring some decision models and some decision uh, kind of rules to play so that mm-hmm. you're not just taking uh, the initial response. However, there's a caveat to this, right? Always yes, a caveat. Is. Right. Yes. So again, Annie Duke, one of our favorite researchers and and, and authors, uh, is coming out with a new book coming out in September, How to Decide. And we've had some conversations with her. And, and in that, uh, she talks about what are some of the kinds of decisions that we end up taking a lot of time and thought and processing on uh, that we shouldn't and ones that we often don't. And, and you know, for instance, uh, you're going out to dinner uh, and you, you know, do I pick the, the, the fish or the, the chicken, the fish or the chicken and how long, you know, you don't have to spend 15 minutes on, on that um, because there's a little risk, right? I mean, uh, you may prefer the, the fish over the chicken. And if you pick one and it's the one you don't prefer, well, hey, you, you, you didn't get your absolute perfect meal. But that doesn't mean that, that you can go back to the restaurant and order it next time you're there, right? It's basically what she calls a free roll. There's a little little right. downside risk, and you can typically do something over and over again, as opposed to a big cost of a mistake. So buying a car, right? You, you, you get an emotional appeal like, oh, that's really cool. You go in, uh, confirmation bias re, re, you know, reinforces things, and you go buy that big sports car that costs $80,000, and then you, know, you realize, gosh, it's, it's not really really doesn't help our family. I can't take all the kids in it and we can't go up to the cabin with it, whatever else. So those are the times like think about through what kind of decision this is. And if it's a decision that doesn't really have a big downside risk to it, you don't need to take that type of of decision on or that time on it. Right. Yeah. Now, if you're an expert on something, though, and you're being asked to weigh in to give a, a, a recommendation or to make an expert opinion on something, your gut is probably really deeply influenced by a lot of experience. And it's it's probably OK in those situations to say to, to respond really quickly and to say, yeah, this is this is how it is. Yeah. And, and, and actually, Malcolm Gladwell in his book Blink talked about this intuition and he used the example of um, people who are going in and looking for forgeries in the art world. And the experts on this go in and take one look at a painting and they go, yep, that's a that's a Picasso. Nope, that's that's a forgery. And yeah. it's through years of understanding and studying and looking and, and understanding and you get this this feel. And there's a lot of work on subconscious and how our brain process things about that. And there's really interesting work by uh, Antonio Damasio uh, on this where he was looking at um, – uh, the study was called uh, deciding advantageously before knowing the advantage uh, strategy. And he used these decks of cards and some of the cards and, and it was, you turned cards over and you either got a, a win or a loss and, and it was a monetary thing. And in the red deck, 
you had big wins that showed up, um, but lots of losses, lots of little and moderate losses. So at the end, the red deck was not not good. Blue deck, on the other hand, had lots of uh, little wins uh, and and not as many losses. So in in the in the long scheme of things, it was better to to pull cards from the from the uh, blue deck. However, uh, people didn't know that to start. But after about 50 cards uh, going through the decks, we got we get a hunch. We kind of yeah. go, oh, the blue deck is better. Couldn't really put our finger on why. But after 80 cards, uh, we could actually say, oh, yeah, we get a lot more wins here with the blue deck versus the and, and smaller losses. That being said, uh, he hooked people up to the censoring to sense your skin sweat. Uh, and after about 10 cards we get uh, our you know when our hand reached for the red red deck uh you started to sweat more so our we we knew something uh, at some subconscious level that was a riskier uh proposition to to go and and do so there is this element of our unconscious this intuition that we have and it and it's it's magnified when you're an expert in something so with all of this take that time make sure you do your research um, do all of the things that we talked about here, but also, you know, if your gut is telling you something, make sure you explore that as well. All yeah, right. Absolutely. All right. Let's recap this. So okay. we often need to make stressful decisions quickly. However, we would probably benefit from taking a break before deciding for many of those decisions, even a break that is only 15 minutes long. Yeah, the author of the article is Minda Zetlin, and she outlined three steps to do this during a 15 minutes that can really, really help us out. First thing to do is the 30 to 60 seconds of vigorous exercise, right? While we think that this is a good distraction theory, it probably actually doesn't release the endorphins that would actually cause us to calm down. Uh, her second idea is to take some deep breaths. There is a lot of positive research on this, that by taking deep abdominal breaths, it calms us down, slows down our heart rate, and helps us center ourselves. A friend of mine recommended taking seven deep breaths to make an important decision, and I think that's a good rule of thumb. Finally, her last recommendation is to take a break. Pause. Reflect. Think about the decision. Get some outside perspective on this and use some good rational decision-making models such as probability thinking, cost-benefit analysis, or, or do a quick pre-mortem. These can really help ensure that you're not just responding using your system one response system, but hacking into system two. And although there are some times when we should go with our gut, when the risk is really low and you can repeat the process. And sometimes if you're an expert on something and it just doesn't feel right, your gut may just be telling you something that you should listen to. And with that, we wrap up this episode of Weekly Grooves. We greatly appreciate you listening and hope that you enjoyed this and found it useful. If you did, please share it with a friend and leave us a review on Apple or whichever pod service you use. We hope you go out and find your groove this week. 